Hallelujah. Hey, we're going to come in and try to have, try to have church tonight. And uh, so hopefully you got your Bible tonight. And because we're going we're gonna to go over to 1 Kings, and that's where we're going to spend just about our entire time. So uh, there's a lot of scripture we're going to go over tonight, but we got to start unpacking some things. But uh, hey, we're going to do some worship, and we're going to get into the Word of God. And uh, so listen, hopefully everybody enjoyed Monday night. It was a little bit different. Uh, next Monday, I'm going to change up how I do that. I used a software that sent to Facebook and YouTube at the same time. And it was a little, about a minute delay for me, so it was a little awkward. Uh, but next time, I'm going to do away with YouTube and just do Facebook Live. And I'm not going to do a video. I'm going to do a teaching instead. But I just wanted people to see that, that with, with Right Now Media, if, if you want to host a, a Bible study at your house... You find the video you want, you can print out the material, you show the video, and you sit around and discuss it. And you don't have to be a Bible scholar to do that, right? You, you can just start building connections with people and building relationships, and you can help them learn the Scripture. And there's so much, there's over 10,000 videos in there that you can go through and learn and, and help each other. Me, me and Wendy, when she was working from home during lunch, we would log in and we would watch this one guy. It was about 35, 40 minutes, and he was chasing revival is what he called it. And we learned some great history about how things happened in the world during the first century, uh, all from a guy who's looking for revival. And so there's a lot of things in there, amen? A lot of things in there. Uh, I just want to give you guys a, a text message that I had got today. And uh, everybody remember Corky, Mr. Corky? You know, he was the guy that went and he was over this. So uh, over the last three to four weeks, I've been been just thinking about him periodically, and when I do, I was like, you know, I need to call him, and I wouldn't call, I would just pray for him, and well, I got a message today, I'm just going to read you what the uh, superintendent of the uh, North Florida District of the Assemblies of God wrote, uh, Corky Randolph, who is our uh, DCA church rebuilding contractor in Panama City, is still battling COVID-19. At the time, he was heading to the ER for a CAT scan on his lungs, well, I've spoke to him since then, everything's good. But his assistant, John King, he was the guy that was here that, that did the carpet and everything. His assistant, John King, remains on the ventilator. He's improved some, but there's three other members of his team that also were diagnosed. So they're pre, please pray. Uh, Brother Corky's 71 years old, and pretty much I talked to him. He's got a few spots. He's in great spirits. They're not going to put him into the hospital. He hadn't been on a ventilator. He is just defeating this thing. But John King and his wife, Cindy, need our prayers because John is not doing well. John has a lot of pre-existing conditions in his body. Uh, you know, they had amputated a part of his foot and all these things. And so he is fighting for his life. So we need to be praying for John King and his wife, Cindy. I think her name is Cindy. And pray for Corky as well. Uh, they've been, ever since he left here, that hurricane that came through the panhandle, he has been rebuilding 14 churches, assemblies of God churches over there. He's got a big team of people, and they're rebuilding all of that. And plus, he's got his uh, baby cottage, right? Uh, the Amani baby cottage, I think it is, that he supports and all these things. So we need to make sure we pray. I want to take a moment and pray for them tonight if we can. Um, again, I had to apologize to him because I think about him, and I just pray instead of calling and checking on him. And you know what? I would have known this already. Uh, so let's pray tonight. Join me in prayer. And we're going to pray for, for Corky, Corky Randolph and um, his wife did not get it, and she lives in the same room with him, which is, which is crazy. I mean, Dorothy never got it, but that's okay. And uh, John and, and Cindy. So, Father, we, we come to you now in the name of Jesus. And, Lord, we just rebuke this attack upon their bodies in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, this, this virus, I rebuke you now in the name of Jesus. 
And Lord, I speak life into their body. I speak life and health. I release it right now in the name of Jesus. I command this virus to cease and desist, wither and die. And I just, right now I ask that their blood would filter it and it would leave, Lord. Let their bodies become strong again so that they would continue to be able to serve you. These are believers. These are your children, God. And I pray that you would raise them up right now, allow them to improve right now. We pray for, for Corky as well, Lord, that he would continue to improve and be able to, to strengthen his, his body. And we continue to pray for protection over our sister Dorothy as well. And Lord, I just thank you for watching over them and keeping them. And Lord, I, I pray for in our own area, Lord, we have believers and, and non-believers alike that are fighting this virus. And I continue to speak against it. I rebuke it. I pray build, build a hedge of protection around your people, God. Build it around the house of God so that, so that it would not come in anymore. We command it to not come into the building. We, we pray that it would just die. COVID-19, die in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we ask tonight that you would be with us, Lord, that we would be able to worship you and to love you and, and just hear your words tonight. And we ask this all in Jesus' name. If you agree tonight, I want you to say amen. 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 So listen, stand up with us. We're going to do some worship. Turn this thing off. There it is. Need some water. Need some water You'll be all right.
your prayer tonight come on give him praise in the house of God tonight come on come on worship tonight hallelujah hallelujah listen so turn and wave to somebody and tell them that you love them in Jesus let me get this thing unplugged hallelujah Whew. I'm gonna come right here in the front since ain't nobody sitting here so yeah so if you have your Bibles, I want you to go ahead and grab it and open it up to 1 Kings chapter 16 area. This is going to be fun. Woo. Let's get rid of that. Run up with that. There we go. Hallelujah. Why are you not working? Let me open that up. All right, Let's see if I can get here. I like I got a little echo, guys. Yeah. Hallelujah. First uh, Kings 16. You got everything muted up there behind me? All right. Okay, it's not going to work out bad this one. I haven't used this thing in enough. Here, just use this one. I'll go fight with that. Oh, I got no batteries. Never mind. I'll just use this one. We'll be, be all right. All right. Can you all hear me? Okay. Yeah. So, so 1 Kings 16 is where we're going to start at, but we're going to jump around. Remember Sunday? We, we talked about we, we can't operate in the promised land like we did in Egypt, right? And, and so we, we started looking at the mentality that was going on.
But in 1 Kings 16, down in verse 29, Ahab has become king. There's things that have happened in the land, right? There's famine in the land. And then once we get over to chapter 17, 18, we, we see that, uh, that Elijah has come back now. There's a famine going on. Elijah comes back. They basically call the prophets of Baal and all that, right? Remember, we, we discussed all of that. But how did we get there, right? How, how, did, we, how did we get there when, when it comes to, to reading through the scriptures? We, we've got famine in the land. We've got 400 prophets of Baal and, and all of this sin going on in Israel, God's chosen people. How did we get there? So what I want you to do is we're going to look in uh, 1 Kings 16. We're going to start in verse 29. Now, everything we're going to go on tonight is going to be in 1 Kings 16 back to about verse chapter 12. We're going to be right in this area, and we're going to go through and look at what got us here. Okay? 1 Kings 16, 29. Ahab becomes king of Israel. In the 38th year of Asa, king of Judah, Ahab, son of Omri, becomes king of Israel. And he reigned in Samaria over Israel 22 years. Look at verse 30. If you underline things, this is what you underline right here. Ahab, son of Omri, did more evil in the eyes of the Lord than any of those before him. So number one, how did we get here? He did more evil. Okay? But it doesn't explain the evil. But if you look at verse 31, it gives us the answer. And this is where we're going to start focusing tonight. Is right here. He not only considered it trivial to commit the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat. There is our key right there. How did we get to the level of sin and the idol worship and the false prophets in the, the uh, land of Israel? He not only considered it trivial to con commit the sins of Jeroboam. We're going to look at this, and, and it may take us weeks to do this on Wednesdays, but we're going to unpack what the sins of Jeroboam are, because I believe that there are people today that think it's just trivial to commit sins. It's no big deal. It's no big deal. Like, like we talked about Monday night on, on the Facebook Live, the fear of God. It's no big deal to commit sin, Matt. It doesn't matter. What's he going to do to me anyways? He ain't real, right? It's, well, he ain't done anything anyways. He would have already taken care of all of this, right? So, so we're going to look at what are the sins of Jeroboam but I want to continue to, to read through right here so you will see. We're going to read through verse 34. But he also married Jezebel, daughter of Ethabel, king of the Sidonians. He was not allowed to marry outside. That's number two. But then he married a person that was evil. Their land was evil. They worshipped idols. And look at what happened. And began to serve Baal and worship him. Don't tell me. That, that having the wrong friends is not bad, right? That there are people, oh, well, that's okay. I'm, I'm, I'm missionary dating that girl or that guy. No, you're not. No, you're not. That's what we used to tell teenagers. You're not missionary dating. They're not saved and you are. Get rid of it. Get rid of it. Because it's, it, one thing's going to happen. They're going to pull you away or you're going to pull them in. But you know what happens a lot of times? Is they pull you that away. A lot more than you pull them in. So guess what? Get rid of that. He set up an altar to Baal in the temple of Baal that he, look at, he built. The king of Israel built a temple 
to a false god. Why do you think he did that? Because his wife told him to. <laughs> right? She worshipped Baal. He worships Baal. He's listening to his wife. He's trying to keep peace in the home. Can I tell you that sometimes there can't be peace when you're going in two different directions? It, it, there just cannot be. Right? He built in Samaria. Look, 33. Ahab also made... Asherah pole and did more to arouse, look at this, the anger of the Lord, the God of Israel, than did all the kings of Israel before him. He is arousing the anger of God. It's just not looking good for him. In Ahab's time, Hael of Bethel rebuilt Jericho. Now they're letting their enemies rebuild in their midst. Right? He laid its foundation at the cost of his firstborn son, Abram. And he set up its gates at the cost of his youngest son, Segub, in accordance with the word of the Lord spoken by Joshua, son of Nun. Look at what it costs him to serve the false gods. Look at all that it costs him. But yet it was trivial to commit these sins, Right? So let's talk about the sins of Jeroboam a little bit. This is what I want us to, to talk about. I, I was doing some research. I found in the Jewish Quarterly Review from October 1967, it states this. The sins of Jeroboam, which he sinned and which he made Israel to sin. This is how the, the Jewish people see what he did. The sins that he did and he made Israel to sin by provoking the Lord to anger. Look at the next one. In the hand of the Judean writer, the sins of Jeroboam or the unworthiness of each and every Israelite king who ruled the northern monarchy. It was 240 years it was there. The sins of Jeroboam had passed down. They continued to do them to the point that when you start studying this, that when they judge the kings of Israel, guess what measuring stick they judge them against? The sins of Jeroboam. Either they were unworthy or worthy according to the sins of Jeroboam. That's how bad what he did was. Now, we're going to get into that. But right now, I just want you to kind of give you the outline. Another one here, that another historical thing I saw. The sins of Jeroboam are described in detail in 1 Kings 12. And that's where we're going to go back in a minute. After the beginning of his reign, he made two golden calves. One of these he set up at Bethel, and the other he gave to Dan. He put in the city of Dan. You see, these are the things that happened that brought us to the famine in the land, that brought us to the false prophets, that brought us to the point that Elijah had to make the altar. And remember I told you that, that there, there may be sin in your life and sin in your campground that you need to deal with if you're ever going to move in to the rain. Because remember, after... He, after he, he proved who God was, after he killed all the prophets of Baal, he told the king, go home because it's fixing to rain. He went up and he began to pray. And then the land finally had rain. It was only after it was cleansed did God allow the rain to come back. Okay? So go over to 1 Kings 12. So just flip your Bible back a few times. Let me jump out and go into my Bible app because I want to 
I don't normally open it up on this device. That's interesting. Now i got to figure out where it is because I always read it on my other device. Oh, well. I'll pull it up on my phone. My phone's up there. I got it right there. So let's read in verse chapter 12, verse 25. We're going to see right here at the start of Jeroboam's evil. The start of Jeroboam's evil. 1 Kings 12, 25. I'm going to give you a moment to turn there where I look for my other... I said, I don't, I don't read on this one. There it is. I knew it was here. I'm like, I, I read it. Oh, Jesus. I want to I pull it up in here. I have it in my notes, but I want to be able to follow through with, with you guys as well. Because I don't have any of it up there because I wanted us to be able to look at it. Those online can, can look at it as well. Okay, so 1 Kings 12, starting in chapter 20, uh, verse 25. Then Jeroboam fortified Shechem in the hill country of Ephraim and lived there, for there he went out and built up Penel. Jeroboam thought to himself, the kingdom will now likely revert to the house of David if these people go up to offer sacrifices at the temple of the Lord in Jerusalem. They will again give their allegiance to the Lord, Rehoboam, king of Judah. They will kill me in return to the king of Rehoboam. After seeking advice, the king made two golden calves. He said to the people, it is too much for you to go up to Jerusalem. Here are your gods, Israel, who you brought up out of Egypt. This is what the king's saying. I don't want you to go to church and worship because you may give your allegiance to Jesus. Maybe you can just stay home and watch church instead. Now, I didn't went to meddling there, but I'm just making a point. And it's a true point, right? It's a true point. Yeah, there, there's things we need to be concerned about in the world today. And that's why I think this is so important of a study for us. There are so many things we need to be concerned about in the world today. But can I tell you that I, I hear people and I see the posts on Facebook. I can't go to church right now because I might catch the COVID. But they're in Family Dollar and they're in the Dollar Tree and they're in Walmart and, and Lowe's is packed and Home Depot and they're protesting on the streets. But the government says that they may have to shut the churches down because they're singing and they're spreading COVID. What are they going to do next? Well, you can stay home and watch that online. You see what I'm saying? This is, this is the start of the sins of Jeroboam. He was trying to make it easy for people. Easy. Let's continue to look. I totally done lost my place. Where are we at? Okay. He say, and also he was seeking advice. Who was he seeking advice from? That told him to make golden calves. Was it a godly advice? Or was it that person on the TV that you can... That, who was that somebody lady they used to call and she was a psychic? And they eventually came and arrested her. And the joke was... is you would have thought she would have seen that coming since she could see everything else. You know? Yeah. You, you would have thought she was such a, you know, a psychic and a prophet. She could see the future. People would pay her good money and she couldn't even see the law enforcement coming to get her and put her in jail because of all her legal, illegal activities. Whose advice are we seeking? Fox News? CNN? MSNBC? I, who knows which one's even true anymore? <laughs> Come on. Right? I, I flipped through CNN while I was flipping through, and I don't watch the news, guys. I'm just being honest with you right now. I, if I do happen to stop at one, I'm telling Wendy as I laugh. Because who knows what the truth is anymore? 
because they don't know what the truth is. Right? You, you flip through, and I, I stopped on CNN, and they had the mayor of, of one of the cities in Washington where they had that autonomous zone. Oh, this is a friendly thing. It's a family atmosphere. It's an outing. We're enjoying ourselves. And I'm like, this is nuts. They done taken over an area. And then I continued to flip through the channels. I was like, I'm not watching this. This is just going to just mess with my mind. And then I run into Fox News a little bit later back, right? And guess what Fox News is talking about? They got video of guys walking around with guns in the family friend zone, right? The fr uh, family friendly zone and all this. And I'm like, how can you two people be talking about the same story? That's what the world is going to tell you. And, and who are you, whose advice are you going to listen to? Because one day the, the government is telling us we got to wear masks. The next day they're telling us masks don't work. Then they're, you know, so it's, listen, I'm not saying we can't, we can't be wise and listen to these people. But when we start taking their advice on how we live our lives for Jesus, but can I tell you that we have submitted so much of our freedoms to them now, a lot of people are just going to follow whatever they say when it comes to following Jesus. We've got to be careful, guys, or we're going to let those same sins get in our lives. All right, let me move on. Now. After seeking advice, oh, here are your gods, Israel, who you brought you up out of Egypt. He was referencing back what they did after they came out of Egypt. Think about that. The devil loves to remind you, well, you're only doing that, Matt, because you used to do that. You used to do that. That's why you still do that. No, I don't. That man is dead. If I happened to do that today, it wasn't because of that. But what would we do? Oh, yeah, you're probably right. I'm picking on Matt because he's sitting here tonight. And, and, and Cook's over here with Shelly, and he's already had an interesting day. So I'm going to try to leave them alone. And Amelia's my amen corner over here tonight. So, you know, and I can't talk to her because, yeah. We see, so we, we, can't, we can't listen to that. Look at verse 29. When he set up at Bethel, the other in Dan, and these things became a sin. The people came to worship the one at Bethel and went as far as Dan to worship the other. They were already going halfway to Alexandria to worship the false god when all they had to do was drive a couple more miles down the road. But they wouldn't beat the Baptists back to the restaurant in time, so they can't do that. Just saying. Y'all understand what I'm saying? I'm making you laugh, and I'm trying, to, I'm trying to get you to understand it, that these sins, we're still seeing some of this stuff today, aren't we? It's, it's important. Look at verse 31. Jeroboam built shrines on high places, and he appointed priests. He appointed priests. Who was he to appoint a priest? You are now priest Amelia. Preach for us. She won't even say nothing. Yeah, you see, it, it, it makes no sense. Why do you think he was appointing these people? Because he wanted to make sure the people he was appointing were going to tote the corporate line. Going to make sure that he was teaching and preaching what he wanted them to instead of what this says. Yeah. Just the way it happened. Let's keep going. He appointed priests from all sorts of people. Well, he wants to be diversified. Even though they were not Levites. Well, I, I think I remember in here the priests were supposed to be Levites. How do the children of Israel 
follow after this? Because it didn't, this didn't start one day. This took a long time. You can keep reading back all the way through to 1 Kings chapter 1, and you can see little pieces where they'd rip out that page, and they'd put in a new one. And they'd, oh, well, that, that's Old Testament. That ain't nothing. And yeah, I, I can do that here, it says, but not back here. Right? It, they, they picked and choose, and they allowed things to come into their lives slowly but surely until here they are now accepting this. They're accepting priests that are not Levites. Look at verse 32. He even instituted a festival on the, on the 15th day of the eighth month, like the festival held in Judah. Boy, I could really get in trouble on this one. <laughs> I'm going to drink some water. I wasn't even thinking about that when I put all this together. My wife's looking at me like she knows exactly. <laughs> he instituted a festival on the 15th day of the eighth month, like the festival held in Judah, and offered sacrifices on the altar. Now, can I tell you what I'm going to do tonight as soon as I'm done? Because I didn't even think about this. What festival was they doing in Judah that was prescribed? I didn't research it. I want to know. Because I got to know now. Because you, you know as well as I do that the enemy always counterfeits what the Lord is doing. And he counterfeits it enough that there's just enough in there. Like, we're going to go up and sacrifice to the Lord in Bethel, in Baal's temple. Right, you see what I'm saying? There was just enough truth. Let's keep going. And offered sacrifices. This he did in Bethel, sacrificing to the calves he had made. At Bethel, he also installed priests at the high places he had made. On the 15th day of the eighth month, a month of his own choosing, he offered sacrifices on the altar he had built. So he instituted the festival for the Israelites and went up to their altar to make offerings. So everything looks like, you know, one of the, the Israelites came back from the real temple. Oh, we all still sacrificing? Oh, yeah, we do our sacrifices. Oh, y'all go to the temple? Oh, yeah, we go to the temple. Oh, y'all still serving God? Oh, yeah, we're still serving God. What's his name? Baal. That's not God. Oh, yeah, it is. You see how confusing that can be? And then the problem is, could you imagine the smaller children as they were being taught? Then it gets into the generation, and then we can continue to read further back why we see those sins continue and why it continued to get worse and worse. Flip over to chapter 13. This is really where it begins to get interesting, is in chapter 13. We have to almost read the entire chapter to figure out the rest of the sins that Jeroboam did. And if King Ahab did worse, we at least need to know what this guy did and how we can relate that to our lives. So look at this. 1 Kings chapter 13. Here at the beginning. By the word of the Lord, a man of God came from Judah to Bethel. As Jeroboam was standing by the altar to make an offering, whose altar is it? The one he built. What offering is he given? The one he thinks is going to be the best one. It's all about him. Right? It's all about me. It's all, yeah. So he's been singing his song. By the word of the Lord, he cried out against the altar, not the man, the altar. 
which I just thought that was so interesting. Look at this. And he says, altar, altar. This is what the Lord says. A son named Josiah will be born to the house of David. On you will be, he will sacrifice the priest of the high places, which made offerings here, which are the false priests. And human bones will be burned on you. The same day the man of God gave a sign. This is the sign the Lord has declared. The altar will be split apart and the ashes on it will be poured out. When King Jeroboam heard what the man of God cried out against the altar at Bethel, he stretched out his hand from the altar and said, Seize him! But the hand he stretched out toward the man shriveled up so that he could not pull it back. God is starting to show himself that, Hey, bud, it's not about you. <laughs> but I just I found it so interesting that he prophesied against the altar and then God dealt with the man. He didn't prophesy against the man. He prophesied against the actual altar. Right? So look at this. Uh, shriveled up so that he could not pull it back. Also, the altar was split apart and its ashes poured out according to the sign given by the man of God by the word of the Lord. Then the king said to the man of God, Intercede with the Lord your God. Not the Lord my God. Intercede with the Lord your God. <laughs> I thought he didn't serve that God. Why, why is he even trying to pray for him? Have you ever had that? Where here you are, the, and the entire time, everybody like, you're just a Bible thumper, man. Get over that stuff. It's, no, it's not real. Why, why are you even messing with that? Why you give your money to the church? Get that money and go buy a boat and a, and a, and a riding reel or something, you know, or go, go, go on vacation. That would be much better. Because you know God ain't real. And then all of a sudden, something comes up in their life. Bro, can you pray for me? My wife tried to leave me. I bought a boat. And I took her haircut money to do it. <laughs> but I'm telling you, that's true. Can I tell you, I worked with people before that, that ridiculed me constantly, constantly, constantly. So one day it was, hey, Rich, man, can I talk to you? Listen, man, my marriage is, is tanking, man. It's going down. Can you pray for me? And I'm like, what did I say? <laughs> no, I said, yeah, man, I'll pray for you. And I'm going to pray God's going to help you. I'm going to pray God's going to help you. I'm going to pray God's going to open your eyes. <laughs> but you see, this stuff is still happening, guys. We're still seeing these things in our land. We're still seeing this. All right, I've totally done lost my place. Let me see. What verse am I on? Y'all, somebody got to be my verse counter because I, okay. Because I'm not looking at numbers. I'm just reading. Okay. Then the king said to the man, intercede with the Lord your God and pray for me that my hand will be restored. So the man of God interceded with the Lord and the king's hand was restored and became as it was before. Look at verse 7. The king said to the man of God, come home with me for a meal and I will give you a gift. But the man of God answered the king, even if you were to give me half your possessions, I would not go with you, nor would I eat bread or drink water here. For I was commanded by the word of the Lord, you must not eat bread or drink water or return by the way you came. So he took another road and did not return by the way he had come to Bethel. Mm, look at verse 11. This is where we're going to get into another part of this that is just so interesting. Right here, verse 11. Now there was a certain old prophet living in Bethel whose sons came and told him all the man of God had done that day. They also told their father what he had said to the king. So he knows 
He knows, listen to this, that he's not supposed to eat bread and water. He's not supposed to return. He's not supposed to do all that stuff, okay? He knows all of this stuff. The father asked him, which way did he go? And the son showed him where the road the man had gone from Judah had taken. So he said to his sons, saddle the donkey for me. And when they had saddled the donkey for him, he mounted it, and he rode after the man of God. He found him sitting under an oak tree and asked, are you the man of God which came from Judah? I am, he replied. Verse 15. So the prophet said to him, come home with me and eat. Gave him the exact same story because he knew it already, right? Come home with me and eat. The man of God, I cannot turn back and go with you, nor can I eat bread or drink water with you in this place. I have been told by the word of the Lord, you must not eat bread or drink water there or return by the way you came. Look at verse 18. The old prophet answered, I too am a prophet as you are. And an angel said to me by the word of the Lord, bring him back with you to your house so that he may eat bread and drink. But he was lying to him. Verse 18. Using the very scriptures against him. Well, you've heard the word of the Lord. I saw an angel that told me the word of the Lord. My word trumps your word. My word trumps your word. What should he have really done? Well, looking backwards, we know he shouldn't have went. But honestly, standing in that situation... What should he have done? Is a God that God that changes? He's done told you, do not do this. Do not do this, and you keep saying it. And now all of a sudden he's gonna say, Okay, it's okay this time. No. We have to stick with what the what the Lord said. We have to stick with what the word of the Lord is. And we have to stick with that. Why? Because it's too easy to be deceived. Because I promise you. I could twist this thing enough to make you think what I wanted you to think. I could. I pray that I never do. But I could. I was a salesman. I was a recruiter. I could get people to sign four and five and six years of their life away for something they can't touch. You can't touch the military. You can't smell it. You can't taste it. Well, yeah, it does reek in boot camp, but that's a different story. But you know what I mean? It's, you can twist the truth enough. That's why we have to know the truth. We have to know the word. We have to know his voice. Because as we continue to move through these last days, as it just keeps getting worse and worse and worse, false prophets will rise up. False Christs will rise up trying to turn us away from the word. Trying to turn us away from serving the real Christ. Why is it you, you see we have these churches today that are preaching so far from the truth and people are accepting it and grows and, and they're, they're ordaining priests that should never ever be ordained, right? Why? Because people are allowing it and people are following them. People are following it. All right, who's my verse person? What verse? 19, thank you. So the man of God returned with him and ate and drank in the house. Now we see the problem. Verse 20. While they were sitting at the table, look at this. The word of the Lord came to the old prophet who had brought him back. He cried out to the man of God who had came from Judah. This is what the Lord says. You have defied the word of the Lord and have not kept the commandment the Lord your God gave you. So now the old prophet's calling out the new prophet for defying God. Mm. 
You came back and ate bread and drank water in the place where he told you not to eat or drink. Look at this. Therefore, your body will not be buried in the tombs of your ancestors. When the man of God had finished eating and drinking, the prophet who had brought him back saddled his donkey for him. As he went on his way, a lion met him on the road and killed him. And his body was left laying on the road with both the donkey and the lion standing there beside it. Some people who passed by saw the body laying there with the lion standing beside the body. And they went and reported it to the city where the old prophet lived. Look at verse 26. When the prophet who had brought him back from the journey heard of it, he said, it is the man of God who defied the word of the Lord. Look at this. He's the guy that made him defy the word of the Lord. He's no better than Jeroboam that forced these people to sin by setting all this stuff up. But he's now the high and mighty prophet. Think about it. He's getting rid of the, the things that were in the way. Saddle the donkey for me. So they did so. Then he went out and found the body lying on the road with the donkey and the lion standing beside it. The lion had neither eaten the body nor mauled the donkey. So the prophet picked up the body on the man of God, laid it on the donkey, and brought it back to his own city to mourn for him and bury him. Then he laid the body in his own tomb. Look at this. And they mourned over him and said, Alas, my brother. After burying him, he said to his sons, When I die, bury me in the grave where this man of God is buried. Lay my bones beside his bones. For the message he declared by the word of the Lord against the altar in Bethel and against all the shrines on the high places in the town of Samaria will certainly come true. Why do you think he wanted to be buried next to this guy? And why do you think he, he basically said that he proved that he was a true prophet? I have an opinion of this. I, I have no scripture to back it. Why do you think? Make himself look worthy? Anybody else? Huh? He really believed he was a true prophet? Anybody else? I know what my opinion is. My opinion is, is that, that this guy knows that God is going to raise this guy in the last day. Because he was a true prophet. He verified that he's a true prophet. Maybe laying next to this guy, maybe God would bring him too. Maybe he would end up like the guy who was thrown on Elisha's bones and bring him back. That's my opinion. That's my opinion. And again, I can't back it up with Scripture, but I'm just sitting here thinking out loud, why would he go through all this trouble and, and tell everybody that this was truly a prophet of God? Right? Why would he do all that? All right. Verse 33, right? Yes. Even after the Jeroboam did not, Jeroboam did not change his evil ways, but once more appointed priests for the high places from all sorts of people, anyone who wanted to become a priest, he consecrated for the high places. Look at this. This was the sins of the house of Jeroboam that led to its downfall and to its destruction from the face of the earth. We just spent about... 25, 30 minutes going over just the sins of Jeroboam. And King Ahab did worse. Now you understand why there was a famine in the land. Now you understand why all these things have happened. Now you understand how this stuff still applies today. We're seeing these things. Still today we can see this stuff. We can see these sins going around. We can see them in the lives of believers who are allowing the tricks of the enemy 
to get in. They're allowing the tricks of the enemy to get in. Now, are any of us perfect in here? No. Can we be tricked by the enemy? Yes. Yes. And that's why we need to pray even more earnestly and seek the word and the truth more earnestly than ever before. Because we are seeing today, again, you look at different churches. I call them churches, but people that are, are ordaining to be priests in these houses and the abominations that are going on, they're in direct violation of this. Not my opinion. This. The Word of God. And, and people are accepting them. And I was flipping through Facebook the other day, and I, I think I told Wendy, I'm not going to name who it is, but there, there is a certain denomination in our country that are doing some things, and they're having some splits right now. And somebody has created an ebook on how you should take your church out of this denomination. There's a free ebook you can download. I'm serious. I showed it to Wendy. I'm like, there is an ebook on how to bring your church out of this denomination. And they said, you need to do it quickly. Because of the COVID-19, they had the, the bishops over this denomination all, it had started coming in and forcibly removing the buildings from congregations and selling them out from under them. So you need to hurry up and do this before COVID ends because they're going to come in and do this to you. They're going to take your building. What? <laughs> what? Who creates an ebook on how your church should leave a denomination? That's, that's how crazy our world has gotten. And it's only going to get worse. It's only going to get worse. I'm telling you, it's only going to get worse. So now that we understand the sins of Jeroboam, next week we're going to dig in a little bit more to all the things that Ahab did. And we're going to dig in. I'm going to look up that festival. I'm curious about the festivals now. I want to see the, the correlation with that. Because the enemy always tries to mimic what God is doing with a false. Always tries. But how much of this, honestly, can you see going on? How much of this? Can you, is there anything you see? Any comments about it? Anything? No? Yes? See a lot going on. Right? No. I'm trying to open this thing up. I, I found a, a, a post that somebody posted the other day. It says, Have we become so politically correct in America that we've adopted Christianity light in our churches? What is Christianity like? It is a version of Christianity that is designed to look and feel the same, but some of the original ingredients have been swapped out. In essence, it's less of what you need and more of what you want. The added ingredients are detrimental to your health. Contrary to popular belief, Jesus did not water down his message, nor did he chase people or beg people who didn't want to be with him. Christianity is about a cross. When they heard this, many of his disciples said, This is a hard saying. Who can listen to it? Knowing in himself that his disciples murmured about it, Jesus said to them, Does this offend you? From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. So Jesus said to them, Twelve, 
Do you also want to go away? And that's over in John chapter 6. Isn't that what King Jeroboam did in Israel? He gave them an alternative God on light, an idol. And he tricked them enough that they followed. They followed after him. Why? Because it was simpler. It was simpler. It didn't ask anything of them other than, oh, you can come here. You don't have to drive all the way over there. You can come here and you can do all those things. Right. And then we get all the way up to the point where Jesus is now, when he had come, look at the temple at that point. How convenient it had all come. No longer did you have to bring your own turtle dove. Well, there was a guy selling the turtle dove in, in Walmart at the temple. You know, uh, you didn't have to go find your own sacrifice. You could just go to the food line while you was there at Piggly Wiggly. You know, or, you know what I'm saying? It, it became so convenient that when, it, when, they, when they did that, he said, what are you doing? These people are good. You know, they're helping us. They're... But look at today. Is that how we want to live, or do we want to live the way the Word says? Do we want to be so politically correct that we can't call wrong wrong? The problem is, is nobody knows what's right and wrong anymore. This is the only thing we got, the only standard we have. So I wanted to, to start unpacking that again next Sunday. We're going to, I mean, next Wednesday, we're going to unpack that a little bit more. We're going we're gonna to go into the next part of that, but I just I really wanted you guys to see the sins of Jeroboam so you can understand how the land got where it did. Amen. So listen, so I want to pray for us tonight, uh, and after that i got a couple things to tell you, but uh, I want to pray for us tonight that, that I just, I pray God would open our eyes, right, and give us understanding in these last days. Give us true voices. So Lord, we, we come to you now in the name of Jesus, and Lord, I pray that you would help every believer that's here, watching online, listening on the radio, months away, whatever it is, that you would give us ears to hear the truth and that we would tune out every other thing. That our ears, our spiritual ears, would only hear your voice, God. Give us eyes through the Holy Spirit to see the deceptions of the enemy as he tries so hard to to deceive us and to mix the, a little bit of truth into the lie and deceive us to, to pull us away from you and from serving you the way you've called us to serve you. Give us those eyes. And Lord, I pray for wisdom, that we would have wisdom in these last days, that we would not be deceived and pulled aside for any other thing when they say, here is Christ and there is Christ and, and here's a prophet, there's a prophet. Let, let us receive the words of a prophet and judge it according to your word. Let us receive the words and judge it against your word. Lord, we need you in these last days more than ever. Knit us together even more than before, Lord, and just use us mightily in these last days to preach your gospel, the good news that Jesus Christ came to set us free and to show us how to live a sinless life. Lord, use us to do that. And I, I pray that this, this region here, that the Holy Spirit would move across this region and open eyes, just allow hearts to receive from the Holy Spirit that the enemy is so hardened. Allow those hearts to be softened again so that we would receive what you were saying to us and we would receive conviction. Lord, I thank you that you are still saving people. You are still setting them free. You are still healing them and you are still calling people to the ministry to go in to preach your word. And I thank you for this church and its family. And I Pray divine protection upon our family. 
even during these times. And I thank you that you're watching over us and ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, guys online, we love you. Be back Sunday to watch us again. And uh, God bless you. And again, just watch some of the other things that we have as well. I can turn that off. So.